بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار uh, so this is the fifth lesson on our subject of the uh, good life what is the good life al hayatu tayyiba the good life uh, in this world and in the hereafter and so in the previous lesson in the fourth lesson we looked at how allah azawajal describes the way that the disbeliever looks at the world the life of this world and the way that this is described in the quran in the various ayat of the quran and so we can break that down into there are three aspects to the life of a disbeliever in the life of this world and so the first of those is that the disbeliever suffices with what is in this dunya with the life of this world right so the disbeliever does not look at anything beyond the life of this world there's only the life of this world and whatever it contains of food of drink of sleep of pleasures of wealth and the pursuit of these things and so beyond this there is the, the disbeliever the kafir the disbeliever does not see anything else and does not pursue anything else right so the many many ayat in the quran which uh, speak about the way the disbeliever uh, behaves in the life of this world and is you know satisfied with the life of this world and with chasing the glitter of this world the adornment of this world and so on and so forth this was the first aspect the second aspect is that also the world is within it is a punishment for the disbeliever as well so within the life of this world we see that allah zawajal that he brings upon just like he brought upon many nations in the past uh, the people of fir'aun the people of ad the people of thamud he brought upon them destruction and similarly upon the disbelievers there are various types of uh, humiliation that allah sends down upon them and this is because of their turning away from his remembrance from his messengers from his books so this is a second aspect to the life of a person who rejects and denies the hereafter and the messengers and the books and lives a life of satisfaction in this world that the dunya is also adab it is punishment and we also balance this out because in an earlier lesson we mentioned how the world is also a reward for for a disbeliever it's not just punishment it is also a reward for a disbeliever because whatever outward and apparent deeds of goodness that a disbeliever does Allah Zawajal, He rewards them in the life of this world. Because as we know, many of the disbelievers have what are, what, you know, what we, what are outwardly and apparently good deeds in the sense that they might give charity to the poor, they might stand up for the oppressed and stand up for the weak, right? And they might apply justice between the dealings, in, in the dealings of this world. They might, they have many of these things with them. So Allah Zawajal, He rewards them in the life of this world. So whatever they are given of the, the bounties, the favors, the pleasures, the delights, the wealth and you know, the, the uh, luxury and everything, then this is their reward in the life of this world. And this is so that they are paid in full. They are paid in full in the life of this world. And that you know, they will not have anything which hasn't been paid for when they come in the hereafter right this is from allah's justice 
towards them in the life of this world. So, yeah, so the second aspect is that there is punishment, but we also mentioned previously that there is also, you know, recompense for them in the life of this world. And the third aspect that we mentioned uh, was that uh, for those nations which were destroyed, we, we, we mentioned that there is al-khizi, which, which means like a type of uh, humiliation and belittlement for those uh, who are stubborn and arrogant in their disbelief. So that was basically the, the, the outlook of a disbeliever towards the life of this world. It is one of satisfaction, sufficiency, and they don't look beyond that. In this lesson today, we are going to look at the condition of a believer. So we looked at the hal, the condition of a disbeliever. In this lesson, we're going to start looking at the hal, the condition of the believer in the life of this world. How does a believer look towards the world and how does he, how does he uh, behave? So we start with the first uh, point. How does the believer, what is his view towards the world? How does he view the world? And the first point we make is that Allah Azawajal, He has made the world to be something which is shared between all people. Right? So whether you are a believer, whether you are a disbeliever, whether you, you know, have faith inside, or whether you have hypocrisy inside, whether you are a person of tawheed, or whether you are a person of shirk, irrespective of who or what you are, Allah has made the world to be equal amongst everybody. Right? And this shows that the world means very little to Allah. Right? The world is very, very little and is, you know, it is, it is uh, lowly in the sight of Allah. And for that reason, even the disbeliever in whatever he has given, Right, he is given because it is it is of no very little value to Allah Azawajal. And that's why we see in a hadith of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as narrated by Sahal bin Sa'ad, who said that the Messenger of Allah he said, Law kanati dunya ta'dilu indallahi janaha ba'udatin ma saqa kafiran minha shurbata ma'in. Had this world, had this world been equal to Allah with the in the sight of Allah with the wing of a fly if this world had equaled in the sight of Allah just the wing of a fly then he would never have given a disbeliever even a sip of water to drink so if this world was worth anything even the wing of a very small, insignificant fly, if it was worth that much, Allah wouldn't have even given a disbeliever a sip of water to drink. So this shows that the world actually means very little to Allah. For that reason, everybody has access to the world, irrespective of who or what they are. Believer, disbeliever. Righteous, sinful. Obedient, disobedient. Humble, arrogant. Makes no difference. Allah Azawajal, He gives to whomever He wills and whomever He pleases. Right? So this is something, and in fact, the very next verse that we are going to mention, this is a crucial verse which explains how a believer looks at the life of this world. And this verse is in Surah Al-Zukhruf, the 43rd chapter, verse number 32. And in this ayah, Allah Azawajal, He basically explains that all of his creation, Allah, he distributes and divides amongst them, whether it is wealth, whether it is sustenance, rizq, whether it is um, the intelligence, the levels of intelligence that people have, that Allah distributes this, and he divides this likewise, whatever like the outward strengths that people have, they could, it could be physical strength, that people have, and it could be inward strength that people have, like a firm resolve and determination and a firm intention and things like this. So everything, the inner strength, the outer strength, 
the worldly possessions, the rizq, the sustenance, and likewise the intellect and, and things like this, Allah divides it amongst His creation however He wills. He is the one who divides it. Divides it. And He is the one who makes some people to be uh, subservient and of use to other people. Right? In order to allow the people's livelihood to, to be earned. In other words, He makes some people of more wealth, other people of lesser wealth. He gives some people uh, more skills and abilities and other people less skills and abilities. And this difference and disparity amongst all of the creation is what makes them to have needs from each other. And those needs from each other then lead to the, you know, what we will call the, like basically the, the uh, you know, the employment and service and creation of goods and the economy so that people can basically earn a living. And so this is what this ayah is speaking about. So in this ayah, Allah he says, in fact the verse, the previous verse, is speaking about how the disbelievers, the, 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 the pagans of Mecca, how they were basically saying, why should revelation come upon Muhammad Wasallam? Why should he receive revelation? Why, why did not revelation come upon people from the, 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 the great cities right, of Mecca? And you know, why did it come to him? And so in the next, that's the previous verse, and then in the verse that follows, Allah he says, Ahum, ahum yaqasimuna rahmata rabbik. Are they the ones who divide or who distribute the mercy of your Lord? Are they the ones who are going to distribute the mercy of your Lord? Meaning it is Allah who puts his mercy wherever, wherever, wherever he wants. Meaning prophethood. He chooses prophethood for whomever he wants. It's not upon them. Right? And then the verse continues. So this now speaks about prophethood. Allah is the one who chooses his prophets from whomever he wills that he sees befitting. Then it continues, نَحْنُ قَسَمْنَا بَيْنَهُمْ مَعِيشَتَهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا Now it speaks about the worldly affairs. We are the ones who have divided and distributed among them their livelihood in the life of this world. So Allah is the one who distributes the livelihood of all of the people. And then he continues, وَرَفَعْنَا بَعْدَهُمْ فَوْقَ بَعْدٍ دَرَجَاتٍ لِيَتَّخِذَ بَعْدُهُمْ بَعْدًا سُخْرِيًّا وَرَحْمَةُ رَبِّكَ خَيْرٌ مِّمَّا يَجْمَعُونَ And we are the ones who have raised some of them over others in degrees so that some of them may employ or use others for their service. And the mercy of your Lord is better than that which they gather. So, this verse shows how a believer looks, looks at the life of this world. He understands and realizes that it is Allah who distributes all of these things, whether it is wealth, whether it is rizq, right, your food, your clothing, your drink, your house and all the other things, whether it is intellect and how shrewd and smart you are, and likewise the inward strength and the outward strength. It is Allah who distributes all of that. For this reason we see many of the atheists, disbelievers, polytheists, we see among them very, very shrewd and sharp intellects in the life of this world, right? In the study of this world. And they excel in the sciences to do with this world. Likewise, they have outward physical bodily strength. And they have many, many... This is something which comes from Allah Azza wa Jal. So a believer, he understands that this is from Allah Azza wa Jal. And uh, similarly the issue of some people being made subservient and for the service of other people. Right? So Allah has created this creation so that people are different. People are not all the same. 
Some people are poor, some people are rich. Some people are skilled in one thing, other people are skilled in another thing. And this disparity which exists amongst all of the creation is what makes them have a mutual need with each other. Right? And this in turn allows the issue of things like employment, contracts, production of goods and mutual needs between the people. It allows everybody to basically earn a, a living. So, the point being from here, another ayah, there's another verse in which it is made clear that, so we should understand from this then that, that the world does not have any value in the sight of Allah Azawajal. The proof of this is that He gives in abundance to those who disbelieve in Him and to those who revile Him and His messengers and who disbelieve in His books and who deny the hereafter and resurrection and accounting and re, you know reward and punishment, paradise hellfire. He still gives to them in abundance and plenty from the life of this world. Despite their arrogance, despite their boasting, this truly shows how this world holds very little value in the sight of Allah And so we see in another ayah uh, in which Allah He says, فَمَا أُوْتِيْتُمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ What you have been given of anything is only the, the enjoyment of the life of the world. But what is with Allah is better and everlasting, more everlasting, more lasting for those who believe and who have reliance and trust upon their Lord. And Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah in his tafsir he explains the, the previous verse that we mentioned. He says that Allah the Most High has explained that He enlargens the sustenance and restricts it in the life of this world for whomever He wills. And this is because it is a place of tribulation, a place of testing. So He increases the rizq for the disbeliever. He expands it. And this does not mean that the disbeliever has, you know, virtue and, and on and so on and so forth. And likewise, he restricts it upon some of the believers. And just because some of the believers are downtrodden, poor, needy, does not mean that they are, that they have humiliation, that they are lowly in that respect. Does not mean that at all. Because Allah Ta'ala, He says, Allahu yabsutu ar-rizqa liman yasha'u wa yaqdir wa farihu bil hayati dunya wa mal hayati dunya fil akhirati illa mata'. Allah enlargens the sustenance to whomever he wills and he restricts it. And they rejoice with the life of the world. But the life of the world in comparison to the hereafter is only temporary enjoyment. That's all it is. And Al-Tabari, rahimahullah, in his explanation, he says that those people who were given plenty and whose sustenance is enlarged in the life of this world, they rejoice with it. They rejoice with it. Despite the fact that they are upon disbelief, they disbelieve in Allah, and they disobey Him. But because He has given them an expansive rizq, sustenance, then they rejoice. What they are ignorant of, what they ignore, is the fact that with Allah for the people who obey Him, for the people who believe in Him, that He has saved for them in the hereafter, tremendous uh, uh, honor and pleasure and bliss. Alright, so in other words, the, the people of disbelief are deceived by what they receive in the life of this world. Likewise, we see that Allah Zawajal, He hastens for the people of disbelief their reward for whatever good deeds they do in the life of this world. So He brings to them food and drink and some of the enjoyments of the world. Why? So that when they are raised in the hereafter, when they are resurrected, they have been paid in full 
for everything, for every apparent good that they might have done in the world. So that when they arrive on the Day of Judgment, they will not have any good deed which hasn't already been rewarded. And it is at this, for, uh, at this point where the disbeliever will realize the difference between the people of disbelief and the people of Iman, the Mu'minun, the, the, the believers. And hence the statement of Allah Azawajal, He says, أَمْ حَسِبَ الَّذِينَ اجْتَرَحُوا السَّيِّئَاتِ أَنْ نَجْعَلَهُمْ كَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ سَوَاءً مَحْيَاهُمْ وَمَمَاتُهُمْ سَاءَ مَا يَحْكُمُونَ Do those who commit evil deeds think that we will make them to be the same as those who believe and do righteous deeds? That their life and their death is going to be equal? How evil it is that they judge. Which means that the people of disbelief and the people of iman, of belief, they are not going to be the same in the hereafter. And this will be realized by the people of disbelief when they are resurrected and they see and they learn the truth. Ibn Juraj, rahimahullah, he says uh, that the world, dunya yusibu minha al-mu'min wal-kafir. The world is something that is taken by both the believer and the disbeliever. Both of them take from it. وَيَخْلُصُ خَيْرُ الْآخِرَةِ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَلَيْسَ لِلْكَافِرِ فِيهَا نَصِيبٌ But as for the goodness of the hereafter, then it is only for the believers. And the disbeliever will not have any share or any portion of it. And Allah Azawajal, He says, قُلْ مَنْ حَرَّمَ زِينَةَ اللَّهِ الَّتِي أَخْرَجَ لِعِبَادِهِ وَالطَّيِّبَاتِ مِنَ الرِّزْقِ Say, who has declared unlawful the adornment of Allah, the beautification that Allah, which, which Allah has brought out for His servants, and the good and wholesome things of sustenance? Meaning, who is that to make haram what Allah has made halal for His servants? of like types of clothing and types of food which, which are halal and tayyib who, who is there to do that? قُلْ هِيَ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا خَالِسَةً يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ see that these things will be uniquely for those who believe in the life of this world they will be uniquely for them on the day of judgment كَذَلِكَ نُفَصِّلُ الْآيَاتِ لِقَوْمٍ يَعْلَمُونَ First, do we make the signs clear for a people who know? Ibn Abbas, he said, the Muslim and the Mushrik, they share with each other in the good things of the life of this world. So again, all people are equal. It is not just the believer who gets pure wholesome water and good food and good clothing. This is shared between everybody. But he continues, however, in the hereafter, Allah will make the tayyibat, the wholesome pure things, only for the people of iman, for those who believe, and not for the mushrikeen, not for the polytheists. There will be nothing for them at all. So, summarizing this first part, we, what we learn from this, how does a believer look at the world? He looks at it from the point of view that it is Allah Azawajal who is the one who, you know, he uh, distributes his mercy, who distributes livelihood between the people, and he is the one who creates people to be different, so that some of them can be subservient or of use to other people, right? He is the one who creates all of this. And the believer knows and he understands and recognizes this, and he realizes that honor and might and humiliation and lowliness does not depend upon that. It has no connection to that at all. Right? This is something that only the people of ignorance and likewise the people of disbelief, they are deceived by this and they think that because of huge amounts of wealth and bodily strength, and worldly types of knowledge, advanced types of knowledge, that this somehow means that you are, you know, that you have uh, honor and might and strength and so on and so forth. This is, this is not true. 
So the believer, when he looks at the world, he, he knows that all of these differences and disparities between the people and why a believer who's righteous and pious is poor and needy and why the most arrogant of the people of disbelief are extremely rich, extremely powerful, right? This does not deceive him at all. Does not deceive him at all, right? Because he sees in all of this the, the action of Allah and the wisdom of Allah and that this world means nothing to Allah It means absolutely nothing. And for this reason he gives to the most arrogant of disbelievers who revile him, abuse him. Right? He gives to them in abundance. This truly shows that the dunya means nothing to Allah So this is how the believer sees the world. Unlike the disbeliever as we looked in the previous lesson. So once we understand all of this, uh, once we understand all of this, then we should realize that a believer, as it relates to his life, then there are basically five things that he should try to, uh, or the, there are five things that he, uh, that describe his life, that, that surround his life. And we're going to discuss these five things inshallah ta'ala. So what is the first thing? The first thing is that a believer is trying to live a good, wholesome life, hayatun tayyibah, and uh, this we already explained previously, and we, go, we are going to look uh, into it in more detail in the future lessons. This is by doing righteous actions upon iman. Right? So the first of these five things is al-hayatu tayyibah. That when you live in this world, you are trying to find a wholesome good life for yourself, for your children, for your family, for everybody. مَنْ عَمِلَ صَالِحًا مِنْ ذَكَرٍ أَوْ أُنْثَى وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنْ فَلَنُحْيِيَنَّهُ حَيَاةً طَيِّبَةً وَلَنَجْزِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْرَهُمْ بِأَحْسَنِ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Whoever works righteousness of a male or a female, whilst he is a believer, then we shall raise him or give him a good life. And we shall reward them with the reward in accordance with the best of the deeds that they used to do. Right? So, here we see that a believer, he is trying to live a goodly life. And that has been explained in this ayah by having iman and doing righteous actions. That's the first thing. So the first outlook of the believer is, how can I live a goodly life? And he does this by iman, increasing his iman, and doing righteous actions. The second thing that a believer is concerned with is that Allah removes from him the humiliation that he brings upon people who disobey him and are disobedient to him. Right, he wants that, he fears that humiliation, he wants that to be removed. So he acts and behaves in a way to keep that humiliation away from him. Right, this is the second thing that the believer is thinking about. The first is, how can I live a good life? The second thing is, how can I remove from myself humiliation? And this we know from the story of Yunus alayhi salam. Because the people of Yunus were the only people who actually benefit, whose story is told in the Quran, who actually benefited from the from the admonition. Um, so Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He says, "Falaula kanat qariyatun amanat fanafaha imanuha illa qawma Yunus lama amanu kashafna anhum adab al khizy fi al hayat al dunya wa matta'nahum ilahin." So Allah he says that there was no city or township which believed and whose belief and who benefited from its belief except the people of Yunus. When they believed, then we removed from them the humiliating punishment, the punishment of humiliation in the life of this world and then we gave them enjoyment for a while. So, these people of Yunus alayhi salam, they 
made tawbah and they came out for three days, all of them gathered together and for three days and three nights they continuously made tawbah and istighfar to Allah Azawajal. And they are the only people whose story is told in, in the Quran who actually repented before the punishment was going to descend upon them. And so what this shows to us here is that a believer from his concerns as well as living a good life is that he does not want Allah's humiliation to fall upon him. And in that respect, he also makes tawbah, makes istighfar, and he does those things that, that will remove the humiliation uh, from him. Likewise, from those things that uh, a believer receives in the life of this world is glad tidings, which is al-bushra, al-bushra, which is good news and glad tidings. And so in uh, Surah Fussilat, there is a passage in which Allah Azawajal, He speaks about, uh, you know, those people, uh, those who say, our Lord is Allah, our Lord is Allah, and then they remain upon istiqama. Uh, he speaks about how, uh, speaks about the angels, and uh, you know, he says, We are your protectors in the life of this world and in the hereafter, and you will have whatever you wish or desire, whatever your souls desire, meaning in paradise. And you will have whatever you want. And there's a difference of opinion about whether this is speaking about the angels or about Allah Azawajal. But what concerns us is the verse which comes after this. In the verse which comes after this, Allah Azawajal says, Lahumul bushra fil hayati dunya wa fil akhirah. They have glad tidings, bushra, in the life of this world and in the hereafter. And so the scholars discuss the meaning of al-bushra. What is al-bushra? Al-bushra meaning good news, glad tidings. So some of the scholars said that it means that a believer, a righteous believer, will have a ru'ya as-saliha. He will see a, a righteous dream and he will be made you know, to see that uh, something positive, something good. And there's some uh, statements uh, from uh, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as is related from him, that this refers to a righteous dream that a Muslim sees or which is shown to him. So this is the first of the two views, that this Bushra means the righteous dream. The other meaning is that this is the glad tidings that a believer at the point of death when he's going to die at the point of death and the angel comes at that point he knows and he's given a glad tiding of his place in paradise at the point of death so this is a second viewpoint a second opinion about the statement of Allah lahumul bushra fil hayati dunya wa fil akhirah that they will have glad tidings in the life of this world and in the hereafter. So in this world, it, it can be a righteous dream or it can be at the point of death. So this now is a third thing that believers receive in the life of this world. It is al-bushra. It is glad tidings, good news, whether that be in a dream as some believers are shown or whether it is at the point of death. The fourth thing that a believer is given, that he is looking for in the life of this world is tathbeet tathbeet this is firmness Allah giving him firmness to remain, remain upon the truth and so the verse in this regard is the statement of Allah Azawajal in Surah Ibrahim يُثَبِّتُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا بِالْقَوْلِ الثَّابِتِ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ وَيُضِلُّ اللَّهُ الظَّالِمِينَ وَيَفْعَلُ اللَّهُ مَا Allah makes firm those who believe with a firm statement, with a firm word in the life of this world and in the hereafter. And He misguides the wrongdoers and Allah does whatever He wills. So here, this tathbeet, 
when Allah makes a believer firm in the life of this world and in the hereafter, what does it mean? It means in the life of this world, a believer, when he says the kalima la ilaha illallah, Allah grants him firmness to be firm in acting upon its requirements. You know, person who says la ilaha illallah, it has certain requirements from him in his belief, in his speech, in his actions. So Allah gives him firmness in acting upon these requirements. And likewise, as the scholars explained, in the hereafter, this means in the barzakh. When a person dies and is in the grave and is going to be questioned by the angels, who is your Lord? What is your religion? Who is this man that was sent to you? Allah will give the believer, the one who is a true believer in the life of this world, He will also give him tathbeet, firmness. He will give him the ability to answer those questions with firmness. So, this is the fourth thing that a believer is looking for in the life of this world, while he's living in this world, is tathbeet from Allah Azza wa Jal. How does he acquire this? It is by acting upon the kalima la ilaha illallah. And all of its conditions and all of its requirements that it requires from him, being truthful to this statement, worshipping Allah alone and worshipping Allah according to the way that he was taught by the Messenger of Allah in his sunnah. And then finally also a believer seeks the aid and the support, the nasr, the aid and the support of Allah Azza wa Jal. And so we see in numerous ayat in the Qur'an, Allah promises that He will aid His messengers and He will aid those who believe and those who are with them. And so a believer is always looking for nasr, seeking the nasr of Allah. Indeed, we shall certainly aid our messengers and those who believe in the life of this world and in the hereafter. And in the hereafter. So here, uh, the, as Imam Sa'di rahimahullah, he comments and others comment as well, Imam Sa'di, he says that Allah aids the believers by way of hujjah, by giving believers the proof and the argument the proofs and arguments against the people of disbelief, and burhan, which is evidence, and nasr, nasr, which is aid and support. So Allah He aids the people of iman with hujjah and burhan, which is that He gives them the strength of argument against the people of disbelief, right? The arguments for tawheed, the arguments for believing in the hereafter, believing in resurrection, that it is a fact and true and real, the arguments for prophethood, right? the arguments for the Qur'an being the truth, the argument for tawheed being the true religion, Islam being the true religion, all of these arguments, the hujjah and the burhan, Allah aids His messengers with the hujjah and burhan, with arguments and evidences. And likewise, the people of belief people of Iman, who follow the messengers. They are given the strength also of this hujjah and burhan. Right? And then also, physically, Allah also gives them nasr, gives them aid and support. And this is in different ways. From them is, for example, by way of the angels that we see, and other means as well. So, the point being, a believer, he also, you know, is looking to earn the aid and the support of Allah so anyway here from these ayat in the Quran there are four or five things which are mentioned which a believer whilst he is living in the life of this world and he knows and he understands that the life of this world is something that Allah distributes however he wills right and it is a place of test and trial and tribulation and he is trying to achieve all of these things, right? His goal is to achieve all of these things. To live a good life, al-hayatu tayyibah, a goodly wholesome life, and to uh, be saved from Allah's humiliation. He doesn't want Allah's humiliation. And he 
wants to receive the good tidings from Allah uh, you know, by way of the angels that he will be in paradise and he wants Allah to make him firm, give him tathbeet and he wants the aid and the support of Allah Right? So this is a believer's outlook in the life of this world. This is how he, he, how he is looking at the life of this world. As opposed to a person of disbelief, as we discussed previously, because a person of disbelief, all he's interested in is being satisfied and happy with the life of this world, with the food, with the drink, with the clothing, with the enjoyment, with the possessions, with the power, right? With plenty of offspring, with plenty of, you know, this is all, a believer does not look beyond that, right? And the knowledge is only knowledge to do with how can I increase in all of these things? How can I increase in wealth? How can I increase in pleasure? How can I increase in this? How can I increase in this? Right? So the way a believer looks at the world is different to the way a disbeliever looks at the world. Um, the next point is that a second way that the believer looks at the world is that he understands that true life is whatever is connected to the hereafter. This is the true life. Right? So while you are living on this earth, the only part of your life which is the true life is the part which is directly connected to the hereafter. Right? So this, this is true life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has explained the belittlement of this world, how it is temporary, how it will come to an end, how it is only just play and amusement. Right? This is all this world is. And the only part of this world which is true life, real life, is whatever is connected to the hereafter. Allah Azawajal, He said, وَمَا هَذِهِ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا لَهُونْ وَلَعِبٌ The life of this world is nothing but play and amusement. وَإِنَّ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةِ لَهِيَ الْحَيَوَانِ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ And indeed, it is the home of the hereafter, which is the true life, if only they knew if only they knew what does this mean qatada rahimahullah he said that this that this life mentioned in this ayah al hayawan it means that in the hereafter there will be life without any death right which means that in the hereafter there is true life in which there is no death whatsoever and Ibn Zayd said, in the hereafter, the hereafter is the abode of life for the people of hellfire and the people of paradise. There is no death for either of the two parties. Right? So, th- there's two things here. First of all, in the life of this world, the only part that is true life is whatever is connected to the hereafter. Right? So for a believer it is iman, righteous actions, obedience, right? That is connected directly to the hereafter. And everything else is just play and amusement and idleness and mutual boasting, mutual competition in competing for the world. That's all it is. And then in the hereafter, when you reach the hereafter, that will be the true everlasting life, which both the believer and the disbeliever will realize. Both parties will then realize this now is the true life. And this is why in Surah Al-Fajr, in the 89th Surah, Allah towards the end of the chapter, He is describing what the disbeliever will say. So He says, Hellfire will be brought on that day and on that day a man will remember and how will he take admonition 
he will say yaqulu ya laytani qaddamtu li hayati ya laytani qaddamtu li hayati he will say woe be to me woe be to me if only i had um you know if only i had uh, sent forward something for this life of mine for this life of mine which life is he talking about is he talking about the life he just lived or is he talking about the life that is now eternally ahead of him right so the scholars say that in this verse when he says ya laytani qaddamtu li hayati woe be to me if only i had sent something forward for my life right which life is he talking about the one he just lived or the second one he's speaking about the second one right this person will say realizing that the life now is an eternal life he will be saying if only in the life of the world i had done righteous deeds in preparation for this eternal life of mine that's what he is saying in the hereafter that's what he will be saying in the hereafter so so in other words this is a proof this is evidence that the true life is the life of the hereafter which is eternal both for the disbeliever and for the believer because why there will be no more death there is no death in the hereafter so it's eternal bliss or it is eternal uh, punishment and um, so all of this many of the scholars this is what they say that this is speaking about the life of the uh, hereafter imam at-tabari rahimahullah he says ya laytani qaddamtu when a person says woe be to me meaning in the life of this world if only i did some righteous actions li hayati for this life of mine meaning this future life of mine in which there is no death after it to the end of what what he basically says so anyway to summarize this uh, point here uh, this point is that the true life is the life of the hereafter and this is in two senses first of all in this world the true life is to live a life of iman and righteous actions why because this is directly connected to the hereafter and then the hereafter is the true life in the sense that there is no death there's no more death life is forever and for eternity without any death and that will be the case for the believer and it will be the case for the disbeliever and this is why the disbeliever when he arrives at the hereafter he will say woe be to me if only i had some deeds which i sent forth for this future eternal life of mine in which there is no death so uh, the point being here then that the believer he understands from this angle as well right this is how he looks at the world the world all of it is play all of it is amusement all of it is temporary all of it is just it will pass very very quickly except for iman and righteous actions and that iman and righteous action is what will make him have the true bliss the true eternal bliss in the hereafter uh, in the next life so we'll stop at this point inshallah in the next part of this section we are going to look at which person is living a good life in the life of this world right how do you know that you are living a good life what are the components of a good life in the life of this world which is islam the other the comp- components are islam and iman and ilm knowledge and aql sound reason and likewise the quran and likewise striving in the path of allah and likewise having a good mention all these things inshallah ta'ala we look at the next lesson so to conclude our lesson today then in today's lesson we looked at how does a believer look towards the world right different to the way a disbeliever looks at the world which we covered in the last lesson and a believer you know his attitude and how he looks towards uh, the world he sees that everything which takes place in it it is allah azawajal who distributes wealth and things of this nature to whomever he wills right he sees all of these um 
you know, differences amongst the people, he sees them to be from Allah Azawajal. And that these differences have no connection to, you know, humiliation and honor, right? Because this does, does not lie in wealth and property and, you know, these kind of things. Rather, that comes back to iman and righteous actions. So first of all, he's not deceived by the dunya. Because he knows it is Allah who expands the provision to whom he wills and he restricts the provision to whom he wills. So he's not deceived in any way by the world, whether he is rich, whether he is poor, right? This does not bother him at all. And then we mentioned there are five things which a believer he seeks, that he tries to seek in the life of this world. First of all, to live a good life upon iman and righteous actions. Number two, to ward off Allah's humiliation from him, not to do things which bring Allah's humiliation upon him. Uh, number three, which is that he's always looking to receive the good tidings at the point of death, or even maybe by way of a righteous dream, good tidings of paradise. Right? Number four, he's looking for firmness from Allah Azawajal, that Allah makes him firm, gives him tathbeet in the life of this world, by being true and firm upon the kalima and acting upon the kalima. And number five, He's always seeking the aid and the assistance, the nasr, the help and the support of Allah Azza wa Jal. And, um, you know, uh, and so these are the things that he basically uh, seeks in the life of this world. And uh, then we looked at what is true life. What is the true life? Uh, the true life uh, is in the hereafter, which is eternal, no death. And likewise, in this world, true life is only what is connected to the hereafter. And that is Iman and righteous actions. And so this is what we covered in today's lesson. Inshallah ta'ala, we'll continue with this section in the uh, lesson to follow. And so with that, we'll close today. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.